0: Hello and thank you for joining us. It is always a blessing to be with you today as we look to the Word of God and we look ultimately to the Word of God to change us and to make us more like Jesus. Today we're going to talk about a sin that is a sin that really came with the fall of man. It is a sin that we all struggle with in different aspects of our lives. This started. This sin started with Adam and Eve. And while many times we think about the sin that Adam and Eve committed as disobedience to God, and it was disobedience, but the sin goes much deeper than that, and it reveals more about the human heart than just flat disobedience. You see, Adam and Eve were told in the Garden of Eden that they could eat from any tree, just not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, if you've heard any Bible stories before, you know exactly what happens But the sin that Adam and Eve really dealt with and what they were really tempted to stems from something else completely. And today we're going to talk about idolatry. So if you would, please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is living and it changes us, that your word reads our heart. Lord, we pray that as we go through your verses today, that your word just reveals truths to us that change us, that ultimately lead us to be more and more like your son. We thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, please turn in your Bible with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from the trees in the garden? Of course not. We may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not to eat. God said, You must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You will not die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom that it gave her. She took some of the fruit and ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt the shame of their nakedness. With these six verses, there is so much depth to what we just read other than what it looks like at face value. And and like I said, today I'm going to talk about idolatry, but I think there's a couple points in this as we go over the scripture that really need to be highlighted and really need to be looked at. And I want to touch those before we talk about idolatry. And one of them is the fruit. The Bible talks that this was a fruit. It's a common misconception that many people believe it was an apple, but the Bible tells us that it is just a fruit. The second aspect that I want to speak about here is the scripture that tells us that Eve ate the fruit first. And while many people just commonly think, well, how did Adam eat it? Did she end up giving it to him? Did she trick him into eating it? It's very important to notice and to note for every man that is out there that leads a household or someday will is to look at the aspect that he was right there, is what scripture says. He was there with her. And I think it's really interesting that there's nothing noteworthy of anything that he said, if he said anything, that's even recorded. Adam chose, as he was there, just to take the fruit and eat it. He failed, as the husband, to protect himself and, more importantly, to protect his wife. And we remember... What Jesus said for every husband is to love their wife, just as Christ loved the church, and Christ gave up his life for the church. So there's many aspects and many things that are going on here, and those are those are great things for you to take and to look at, at your at your own time. But there's many sins that led up to the aspect, or many mistakes that led up to the aspect of how they ate from the fruit, and what this looked like when they when they ate. The sin Adam and Eve made was wanting to be like God. They were tempted to be like God. They were tempted with the wisdom of God. It was not sheer disobedience. While they were disobedient, as I mentioned, it was an aspect of idolatry. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to put their, their wants, their desires above that of God. Idols are a thing of our heart. I've talked many times before in our past messages about a void in our heart that has to be filled with Jesus. And, and really, that's what this message basically boils down to as well. Is there's a void in each one of our hearts, and it can only be filled with Jesus. But you say, well, what other things do we fill our hearts with if we don't fill our hearts with Jesus? Let me back up just a minute. The definition of idolatry according to the Webster Dictionary is the worship or the excessive devotion to or reverence of some person or thing. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God. It's anything that we look to more than the satisfaction that God could give us. And the most prevalent form of idolatry is uh, in, the Bi- in Bible times is the worship of graven images or somebody making a, a, a deity or, or, or some sort of wooden carving that's supposed to embody some deity. But today, idolatry goes beyond worship of, of idols and, and even false gods while there is that. But modern, modern idols today, they're varied. They're not so much of bowing down to a statue as they are bowing down to something else. Our idols today are self-centeredness. Our idols today are greed. Our idols today are gluttony. It's the love of certain possessions. And I need more and I need more. And this leads to our ultimate rebellion against God. It's no wonder that God hates it. The very first commandment that we have in Exodus 20, verses 3, it says this, that you shall have no other gods Before me. Now, there are no other true gods. What God here is saying is that there's nothing that you should place on a pedestal above me. Our countries and the world are filled with idolatry. It starts with everything from idolizing certain sports figures to politicians, that we put our hope and our trust in other things other than Jesus, that we put our hopes and trust in things of the world. Some people put their hopes and trust in what they may be able to acquire in this world based upon their beauty or based upon the amount of possessions or money that they can acquire, that that's how they put their status, that that's that's what makes them what they are. Now, some of you say, "May Tyson, I I, I don't really necessarily know that. I, I don't necessarily believe that. The proof is in the pudding. There are many people that, once they are ruined financially, these people go on to commit suicide. They go on to murder other people. They go on to do all of these heinous, sinful things. And the reason why is because those things have driven them to a form of idolatry. Anything that we put over God is a form of idolatry. Our heart is an idol factory. John Calvin said, this is is great and on point, he said that idolatry is to worship the gifts in place of the giver himself. He also said the heart becomes factories of idols in which we fashion or refashion God to fit our own needs and our own desires. Now, that subject is a, a... Is for another sermon and another message. But you get the point. Pastor Arthur and apologist Tim Keller defines idolatry in one of his books as making a good thing into an ultimate thing. Now while things that we look to, relationships, certain possessions that we have, sports, sports figures, while all of those things could be good and could serve a purpose to praise and honor God, they cannot replace god and i want to repeat that idolatry is turning a good thing into the ultimate thing god is the ultimate thing god is the ultimate giver of our lives god deserves all of our honor and praise and only god deserves that you know god told the israelites in the old testament god described idolatry as infidelity uh, of a wife against her husband in Jeremiah three twenty, God said, But you have been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. I have been like a faithful, you have been like a faithful wife who leaves her husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Exodus 20, verse 5 says, You must not bow down to them or worship them. I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affections for any other God's. We have to put things in our life in perspective. We cannot put something that is created over the creator. And I think that's the biggest takeaway here, is looking at our priorities, looking at the structure of the things in our life and saying, what does our eye gaze upon the most? What does our mind focus on the most? Is it the things of God? Is it the thankfulness of the things of God? Or do we put our trust our happiness, our joy in an automobile or in our bank account or in even another person. Idol worship robs God of the glory that is rightfully his. And that is something that God makes it very clear he will not tolerate. Paul makes it clear to the, in the letter to the Colossians that every evil desire of the heart comes from a place of idolatry. God doesn't tolerate the the rivalness of love in our life. That our lives are structured. We are made to put God first. That is the order and the structure of things that that are to come. We've been bought with way too high of a price. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. deserves our highest love. Jesus said that the most important commandment when asked was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is our number one priority. So as we reflect on our lives, as we reflect on the things of God, when we, as we reflect on Where do we put our hope? Where do we put our trust? Where do we put our faith? We should all take a minute and we should all examine and have the Holy Spirit. We should ask the Holy Spirit to reveal our heart to us so that we know the priority of the things of our heart. So that our heart can be right, so that we can honor and glorify God with our heart. God declared in Jeremiah 2:13, it says, "For my people have done two evil things: they have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all." So that's the Old Testament, that's Jeremiah. And then we must not forget what Jesus said. in John chapter four, verse 13 and 14, he said, "Anyone who drinks this water Will soon become thirsty again as he's talking to the woman at the well. He tells her, he says, But those who drink of the water that I give will never thirst again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That's what we have to reflect on. We have to reflect on what is, where is our heart? And we must get our priorities straight. We must get our priorities in line. That God must come first above all things. That way, if our life falls completely apart, that no matter what happens to us, He is still for us. And that we have Him above all things. It sounds like it's something great to say, the question is, is that what is truly in your heart? Because that's where we all should be. And idols are something I believe that everyone struggles with. At one time or another, as we go through life, this is something that, that everyone struggles with. We all sin. We know that. But I think idols are one of the biggest struggles that people deal with. So i want to pray for you want the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us about our hearts that we may not even know. That as we sit here, we may think, yes, I have God above all things. That's great. Let's take that and let's take that before the Holy Spirit and let's check that. And let's make sure that is correct. So if you would, please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that that those that drink of the water of Jesus shall never thirst again. And Lord, as we write that on our heart, we pray. We pray that we would always be reminded of that, that at any point in our life that we we have a challenge, or we try to put something over you, or we try to put more faith and trust or hope in our own in our own thoughts and our own understandings, or in something material, or even another person. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit would just convict us, so that we could get so that we could get right. Lord, I pray right now that any idols that are in the hearts of anyone that are listening would just be revealed to us, Lord. That you would ultimately reveal that to us so that we could repent of that and we could turn back towards you. Lord, we thank you so much for changing us. We thank you that that you care about us, and that no matter how many times we fall down, as long as we continue to look to you and our heart is right, Lord, that you you are there. You You are merciful, and you are a loving God, and we thank you, Lord. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Now, if you're someone that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, or as I've been talking today, you have said, yes, I, I have that void, that void that you were talking about that, that's there that, that I chase after these things and then once I acquire them, I, I need something else. I need, I, need, I need more or it shifts to something else. If that is you today, I'm here to tell you that that void, that emptiness that you have, that is a Jesus void in your life. That to feel, to feel complete to feel whole, to feel a sense of purpose and accomplishment in our lives, we have to have Jesus. Because we were not made. Adam and Eve sinned for the first time. And it ultimately led to their death. Because the wages of sin are death. And that carried down through generations and generations to you and me. That without Christ, we cannot be made right with God. That He has paid our debt. That He ultimately went to the cross. That He lived a sinless life. He was born and He rose from the dead, defeating sin and death so that you and I could put our faith and trust in Him. And that ultimately, that would make us right with God. He has paid our debt. A debt that none of us could ever pay. If that's you today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to pray with me here in just a minute. I'm going to to pray with you. You can repeat these words after me. But salvation doesn't come by just speaking some words that some person said. Salvation truly comes from the heart. And the Bible says that all of those who repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. So if you've been sitting there, And you've been convicted of your sin. You've been convicted of these idols that are in our lives. I'm here to tell you that, that there is a love that you cannot understand. That there is a power that will fill you that you cannot understand until you experience it. That you can have a faith that is not, that is immovable. Because the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of each person that believes and trusts in Him. And if that's you today and you say, yes, I I want to be saved. Yes, I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life. If that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I'm desperately in need of a Savior. I have tried to fill all the voids in my life by myself. And I know that only you can fill that void. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. You came to this earth and lived a sinless life. You died and rose from the dead as payment for my sin. I will follow you all the days of my life. And I thank you for saving me so that I can spend eternity with you. If you prayed that prayer today, I strongly encourage you get a Bible, read your Bible daily and get plugged into a local Bible believing church. Please message us. You can go in and you can message us directly. We would love we would love the opportunity to pray with you. We'd love the opportunity to, to speak to you so that you understand and that you know the commitment that you made and so that we can help you on your journey of being a Christ follower. We thank you so much. Please like, share, subscribe, whatever form of social media that you're using so that this message can reach more people for Christ. Have a blessed day.